Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Okay, welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. Hope everyone's enjoying that that new open. I certainly love it. Um, Kyle Porter joins me. Kyle, we got to break down OSU Tulsa. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a decent road test uh, for a team that um, you know kind of came out sloppy last week against McNeese. But uh, are you are you getting more excited about the, this road game at Tulsa? Yeah, I think it's good. I, I think there. This is sort of. I don't know. I, I like the idea of playing a team that's sort of close to you out of conference. So we, we, we see the, uh, the OSU Arkansas series that's scheduled out like 40 years from now or whatever. But th- <laughs> this is sort of their like version of that right now. And, you know, it, it's not, I don't know. It, it's, I'd rather than play like a big time non-conference game, I guess, but it's certainly way better than a McNeese game. I think I think you can learn some stuff from from playing a, a a Tulsa game in a way that you can't from playing an FCS team. Yeah, I I love that they signed up this thing for multiple years. They should always play Tulsa in the non-conference. It just it, it's a quick drive for OSU fans. It's Tulsa's always a decent program. I know they've fallen on hard times here in the last couple of years, but they're always usually a pretty good program to where it's not a resume killer like an FCS school is and just they should play every year. I like the turnpike series or whatever they're calling it. And, and, um, I don't know. I mean, the more I look at this game, it's only a, it's a 14 point line. I think that's, that's just about perfect. Uh, Tulsa's defense is decent. And so that to me is the main thing I'm watching in this game. Obviously we're always watching OSU's defense, but just with the way they came out against McNeese, uh, it was a, a big step back, and Tulsa did a very good job defensively at Michigan State. I thought they they hung in there defensively just fine. Their offense was just atrocious and put them in horrible positions. Um, but um, this is a good test, I think, for Spencer Sanders to see if he can get get uh, get going again, as he did against Oregon State. Yeah, there was uh, three. There, <laughs> this is incredible. There were 383 total yards of offense, uh, yards of total offense in the Tulsa Michigan State game. Cool. And Tulsa had uh, eighty of them. Michigan Michigan State had <laughs> had three hundred and three. I think in that game, do you have the box score pulled up? I think I, Tulsa had negative sixty yards rushing. Negative seventy three. They averaged minus two point nine yards per rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, my! But here's the thing, Carson. So Michigan State they run it forty times for one hundred and eight yards. That's that's not good. That that's two point seven yards a carry. That that is, and I and I think that like you know the next week Tulsa holds San Jose State to three point seven yards a carry. So th- there's a real barometer there if you're Oklahoma State and and you go out and you know put up five and a half a carry on them. That that's a real thing. That's not like that that is not insignificant. And, and I think especially going to Texas the next week, uh, I think it can be. You know, if you're if you're firing like you were against Oregon State, that that's a that's a confidence boost that you can carry into Austin the following week. Yeah, and you you definitely want to see Chuba get going too. I mean, if they're struggling to run the ball with Chuba against Tulsa, that would not bode well for for Big Twelve play. Did did um, Mike Gundy had his press conference this week? Did he kind of talk about kind of 
putting Chuba on the bench because he fumbled? He, I know he hates when guys fumble and, and we'll put somebody else in. Did he Did he kind of – was it more of a case of just resting Chuba or did he get a little upset with him for fumbling? What did you take I, on, on what he said? Well, he said it was his uh, – he fumbled. I, I think I have the quote right here. Um, two, he said two things. The offensive line was average, average against <laughs> McNeese. And Chuba put the ball on the ground. If you put the ball on the ground, you're out. So he's not going to get his carries <laughs> if he fumbles. And the offensive line was average. Mm. And it's like, it, really? Like you're going to go Micah Cooper in in Austin? Like if if Chuba fumbles? I mean, <laughs> it seems, I, <laughs> I I I am dubious of that uh, scenario playing out. Of course not. Of course he's not doing that. But I would say that. God, he hates turnovers though. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, that's that's something you can control, uh, fumbling the ball. You know, if, if the ball gets tipped at the line and ends up in a linebacker's hands, you know, part of that's just bad luck. But you can't have your running backs fumbling. But I wonder if Chuba is walking to classroom building in Stillwater with the ball in his hand and, like, oh, Gundy pull, pulled that move in the program where he has the defensive players on campus try and strip him when he's walking to class. So I, I want to see Chuba walk in the classroom building with the, with the ball high and tight. That's what I want to see. Uh, that's great. Uh, he did talk about. Did you see this? He talked about the last time Oklahoma State played uh, at Tulsa. Do you remember that game? Yes, the 2011 game, right? That ended at like four in the morning or three in the morning. I was in Tallahassee for Oklahoma, Florida State, and that was a that was a prime time game. So I cover the game, cover post game, drive to Southern Georgia where my hotel room was. And the game still like OSU game is the first half is like just about to end. I'm like, great, this is great. I get to watch the almost the whole game after I already covered one. This is nuts. I watched the whole second half from my hotel room. Gundy said uh, he went and asked the official why they were still taking TV timeouts at like one in the morning, and he said, <laughs> he said, do you think anybody is watching this game? <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing. Which uh, you and I both were Because I was covering it That was the first year of the website I remember staying up and just being like I, I was in uh, I didn't have any kids yet That's how long ago it was Carson But um, yeah I just remember it being like Midnight wow. and uh, thinking like Are they are they like actually going to play this thing? It was, it was pretty wild Well Big 12 after dark It is kind of amazing they did play it Once it gets to a certain point of the night Like I know. I know there was talk of they were. They actually considered just. It wasn't Holder is quoted as saying like they thought about just calling it a no contest and moving on down the road. I, yeah. How weird would that have been on the all time record books? Yeah, it would have been. Uh, Gundy. Gundy was great on this in his press conference. I, I thought it was his best stuff on Monday. He said, "We're already over here and it's one in the morning. We might as well play. My bedtime's like nine thirty, so I'm already at breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> which oh, is fantastic which is so good um yeah so it, it, it was it was fun to kind of look back on uh on that game uh when gundy talked about it earlier this week and there wasn't there was something else that what didn't glenn spencer like rush to the hospital because his wife was sick that same night uh, his wife died that night yeah that's right yeah yeah and, and gundy talked about that a little bit too and yeah the, there was um there was there was a lot going on and yeah i mean obviously a sad time uh and and just i don't know but also like you know he was at wasn't that the year that they played um 
they played A&M later and he was like crying in the locker room because it was like right after it had was yeah. it about the same year yeah I think A&M was their first uh conference game it might have been the next down week in college or, station or, or two weeks later yeah or it was very like soon it was very soon after that and yeah and that's you know that was an underrated part of that game not only playing it at, at two in the morning three in the morning like you're dealing with something like that too I mean yeah it kind of reminds you a little bit of trying to play the Iowa State game after the after the plane crash, trying to play through you know tragedy essentially. Yeah. So, just a, a wild, wild, weird night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully, this one is a little bit more straightforward. Okay, Carson, I went back. We talked about Thailand a lot earlier in the week, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I thought it was some good stuff. So I, I went back and. I looked at, I don't know if you saw this, but I did like the best two-year receiver runs in OSU history. So I took Blackman, Rashawn, James Washington, Hartley Dykes, uh, Adarius Bowman, and Dez and put together their best two-year runs and then projected out uh, Tylen based on his averages over the last two years. And uh, I got to say, he fits in pretty nicely to this group in terms of the best two-year receiver runs ever. You didn't put Hu- Hubert Anyum in there? <laughs> I don't know just, why he just popped in my head. He just missed the cut. Where does he stack up? So Black, I'm curious. Blackman is number one. The, the, Blackman's numbers are a joke. I know you always talk about him being like the most like, – like he is pro- – he, he, he might he be the goat. If he would have come back for a senior year, he, he would definitively be the best wide receiver in college football history. Right? Unquote. And he might – Already be, but yeah, yeah. if he had come yeah. back, it, it's a lock. So Biden might already be. Biden sophomore junior, two thirty three receptions. Just let that one sink in for a second. That's two years. These are two year runs, not a career. Two two year runs, twenty six games. Well, twenty five for him. Two hundred thirty three receptions, uh, thirty three hundred and four yards, <laughs> and thirty eight touchdowns. Thirty eight. Yeah, it's a joke. Oh my gosh, it's a, it's a joke. He had tw- he had twenty one year and eighteen the other. Man, so Rashawn is next. Rashawn, this was his junior senior year. He was one eighty four, uh, three thousand sixty two. So he was three oh. three hundred yards less, but in an offense that threw it about half as much, and thirty two touchdowns, which is pretty impressive. Man, we sleep on Rashawn. I think everyone does. Yeah. I mean. And you made a good point. He was playing in less miles as offense. Yeah. What would he have done in, in this offense? It's just crazy how productive yeah. he was. So Tylen comes in third in terms of if he continues on the projection, like the, the two-year projection that he's on, he, he would he would go, if he plays every game this year, he'd go 166 receptions, which is a lot fewer than both of those guys, 3,056 yards. If you have 3,000 yards over a two-year span, that's a, that's unreal. That's a joke. Uh, and then 30 touchdowns if he continues uh, on the career pace over the last two years that he's on. Wow, that's that puts it in perspective what we're what we're seeing out of this guy. I mean, uh, we tried we talked about it last pod. I mean, he's he's right there on the trajectory of. We'll be talking about him in, in 10 years and yeah. the numbers he he put up if he keeps it going. Uh, Dez came in last on this list mostly because I had to include his freshman year. <laughs> So I had to yeah. go. For, I had to go freshman sophomore. So he was 130, 2102, and twenty five touchdowns in freshman sophomore year. He had I think twenty touchdowns his yeah. sophomore year. Yeah, he did. Crazy. And then, 
And I mean, his sophomore junior would have been right there with, with Blackman and, and Rashawn, I think. Yeah. I mean, his, he was already going bonkers his junior year before the dubious suspension was laid down for a, for a non-violation. Yeah. Just, but yeah, that still just amazes me. Don't get me started. I mean, <laughs> but I, I'm already I getting my, worked up thinking about it. My takeaway is, uh, yeah, that's your Taylor Cornelius for me. But, uh, my takeaway is just if if you're if you're in that three thousand yard club over two years, so it's only Blackman and Rashawn in Oklahoma State history. Blackman at thirty three hundred and Rashawn at almost thirty one hundred. Tylen had fourteen ninety one last year, so he needs fifteen oh nine to join the three thousand club over two years. That's 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 big boy stuff. Like that's a that's a real thing. Uh, James Washington didn't do it. Hartley Dykes didn't do it. Bowman, Dez, none of those guys did it. And if and if Tylen keeps this up, I mean, he's he's going. I mean, if he if he plays every game, Carson, I think he's probably going to do that, uh, just based on what he's done over the last two years. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty fired up for the rest of his season. I just pulled up Jerry Judy's box score, and I was gonna say that Tylen's the front runner for the Blitnikoff, but uh, I don't know. Judy already has. Judy through two games has 240 yards and four touchdowns. So mm. he had 103 and 137. He caught three touchdowns and then one touchdown. So it's, it's, that's gonna be, be a neck two, and neck battle. Could be a two horse race already. Yep. Week two, yep. we're breaking I'm down in. the the Blitnikoff on September 11th. Um, Blit, Blitnikoff watch is on. Okay, I want to uh, let's let's go to this. Let's go uh, OSU Texas prime time 6:30. You excited? Mm. I'm fired that's up. Great, right? I'll be there. I'll be there. I can't wait. Uh, I'll be on ABC, so we'll do a pregame show. Uh, I think we've had, I think we've had the OSU Texas game like every year for like the last six, seven years, just because yeah. it's always OSU is usually ranked. Texas is usually right there too. Texas usually has a couple losses by the time they play, but uh, so they, they already have one. So, <laughs> Who does but no, Texas it's, it's going to be huge. I mean, oh, surely a rum dum since they played LSU last week. Uh, I'll pull it up, but. I mean, no, I mean, Kyle, it's five straight wins for OSU in Austin. Can they keep that going? Austin is going to be – It's. It, it looked like it was in the LSU game, but it's going to be so much more of an atmosphere than it's been the last few times OSU's been there because they've been day games and Texas hasn't been very good and just people were just out. They play Rice yeah, this week. The the Texas uh, like atmosphere, the, the games that I've been to, it's been lousy. Now, oh, yeah. Not maybe maybe that's unfair. Maybe it's just that Oklahoma State isn't a big enough draw. They've had bad t- whatever, but it, it's not it's not good. Like it's just like you go to OU, you go to um, some of these SEC schools, and it's like, oh, this is how this is how it goes. And then you go, I mean, even like A and M, and then you go to Texas, and you're like, what what is this? Like what what? It, are do people even care about it? it's very it's really weird like i i don't really understand that because we always talk about them being so big time and all this money and all and, it, and it's just the atmosphere has not been good well and i'll defend texas a little bit you have to be good to have an atmosphere and yeah. they've been just awful and texas much like ou they're hurt by the ou texas game in their home schedule their premier game is never at home so usually their home schedule's usually not that great on certain years. You know, OSU is probably the marquee Big 12 game they're going to have this year. Yeah. So they, just, they don't they don't have a ton of quality home home games. 
it did seem pretty good for LSU on on last last Saturday. Like um, here here's their home games this year. They they OSU, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, and then Texas Tech to end the year. Like that's that's their home schedule in the Big Twelve. Yeah, not good. It's it it. Uh, I think it gets progressively worse. Yeah. I, guess, I guess if Kansas was kind of fizzled out, yeah. Kansas and Kansas State's not good with Tech. I mean, they got an easy home schedule. Yeah. Past after OSU, but. Um. Okay. Well, we'll we'll be we'll be all OSU Texas next week. But uh, let's get to this week's uniform preview. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson. Uh, I'm going to go first because I feel like it's unfair for me to always make you go first. Um, so you can, I'm sure you've already got yours written down, but you can play off mine if you want to. Um, I am going to go, so I'm going to go with the, I, I think they're going to throw it back to 2011 and run it back with what they were. I love that combo at the time. They go white, white, black in 2011. I think they go white, white, black this year. And I think they do it with the, uh, how do I describe the, the, the white helmet with the brand, but with the, uh, the stripe down the middle, that's like the, uh, how oh, it's not Paisley, but it looks like Paisley. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, I uh think black brand or orange brand, orange on brand, orange brand. Ooh, I, I would have gone black. They might do, yeah. bust out a new helmet. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, don't, I, I mean, they, I don't want to talk you into it, but <laughs> I think they wore that one at Kansas, didn't they? Maybe, but that Tulsa game, they wore the in 2011. They wore the white helmet with the black brand to go with that the was, black pants. That was one of my favorite combos that team wore. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was great. So yeah, that's my that's my yep. pick. White, I like white, that. White, black. I almost went with that, but I'm gonna go with the Patriot Pete with the with the orange face mask and the you know the orange and black stripe down the middle. Great helmet they introduced last year against Tulsa. I think they go back to it. White jersey, and they finally give us the orange pants. I'm going white, white, orange. Okay. Which I think would look, I think would just would just pop so good with that helmet. Yeah, it'd be sweet. It, it would it would be. Uh, I love white, white anything. I think it looks great. They did white, white, gray in 2012 at Arizona, which was I I, I thought it was tremendous. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, any of those combos would be good. Anything would be better than last week. Southwell just tweeted me. Uh, Colorado's wearing. Whoops. Colorado's wearing black, gray, black, which is what I wanted last week. <laughs> and it looks sweet. Although Colorado shouldn't mess with their unis. They shouldn't be wearing gray. Where they're black and gold. Uh, you got any other? I got... Okay, so I wanted to use this space. Uh, the wor- the, the, this is the worst like uh, uniform per capita uh, combo in the country. Like all the money in the world and they can't make a good uniform. Texas A&M, what are you doing? You go to Clemson, <laughs> the la- the last couple of years it's like what why is this so hard? Like has has A&M had a good uniform in the last 10 years? No, they've gotten worse. Like it's it's atrocious. What they just go back to like the plain uniforms. Like what are yes. these stripes on the shoulders? Like it's bad. Like Manzel yeah. Manzel wore some terrible uniforms. When he was the, there, and they've gotten worse. They need to just go straight maroon, straight white with the big A and M logo. It's unique to them. Don't get crazy. Like that's not who you are. 
Yeah, like but the, the shadow numbers that they wear it's, are just it's ugly. Absurd. I, I was like watching, an arena league team. They do. I was watching AM Clemson and I was just like dumbfounded at how you can have a two hundred million dollar, you know, revenue stream for your athletic department and you can't put together like a, a shirt and a pair of pants. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you juxtapose that with just the classic look of Clemson. Yeah, just the, the simple stripes down the pants. Uh, yeah. Clemson has the paws on the shoulders, which is totally unique to them. I don't, I don't know a lot of teams that have logos on the shoulders, but they've done it for so long, it kind of works. Yeah, but yeah, Clemson. Uh, but that Clemson's was a unique stuff. mismatch. Clemson, yeah, it's a mismatch on the field too. Did you see yeah. that where that line ended up? I think it was like seventeen. Like eighteen, yeah, seventeen and a half, eighteen. How crazy is it that Clemson's favored by more over A and M than Oklahoma State's favored over Tulsa? <laughs> And that's supposed to be the closest game on Clemson's schedule, and they're favored by 18 points. Yeah, like they're that's... gonna mow through the ACC. Do they have? Uh, do they have Florida State? Oh yeah, they play every year. They're in the same division. That's gonna be ugly. Yeah, I'm a... I'm not fired up about the Willie Taggart era. That's it's a tough deal for you. They, uh, okay, they should have lost to Monroe. We're <laughs> we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a quick uh, new segment here before we hear from Chris's one more time. Uh, this is this is me basically going through the history books and pulling a couple of stats, and I want to I want to get you to guess uh, a couple a couple numbers. I, we don't really have a name for this. Guess guess the number. Guess the history. I don't know. Whatever we want to call it. Um, how many are you ready for this? You think you can handle it? I'm ready. Okay. I'm good at trivia. How, how many uh, how many players in Oklahoma State history have had? Uh, have have averaged over 200 yards of total offense for their career. So how many player how many how many different players in Oklahoma State history have averaged over 200 yards of total offense for their career? Who? Well, Barry won. Um 200 yards? I guess quarterbacks would be included here, right? Yes. Okay. Well, that makes it different. Uh um, I'll say seven. It's only been four. Four. Okay. So I'll, let me I, guess. Barry's one. Um, is Chuba on that list so far? Or are you just talking no. about once their career's finished? Yeah, this is guys that have already finished their careers. Okay. Well, Whedon. Yeah. Um, Blackman. No. Oh, because he didn't get to 200. That's a lot. Uh, Zach? Yes. Kendall Hunter, that'd be too much for him. Um, Dez? No. Thurman? No. I I give up. Mason Rudolph's number one. I should have gone old quarterbacks. 324. Brandon Whedon's number two. 293. Zach Robinson, number three. 226. And Taylor Cornelius. Number four, 214. Oh, now that's a trivia question. Yeah. That's a good one. Barry Barry was uh, – so his is weird because you got to go all-purpose yards for him because of the kick and punt return stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so he was at 171 all-purpose, which I think is different than total offense because it you, you don't include the uh, like the kick return stuff on total offense. So he his all he he's the the all time leader in all purpose at one seventy one. Second place in all purpose yards per game is uh, Thurman Thomas at one twenty eight. 
Wow. So he was he was fifty yards ahead, or I guess forty yards ahead of uh, of Thurman. So, Man, I would have I would have thought Barry averaged about two hundred yards rushing with, with the way his his junior season. Well, went. I think so. Some of this is weird because you, you get these. So I remember when Rudolph came in and threw the pick against OU and in, in Bedlam, and when was that? Uh, 15, 16? 15, 15. That count. I mean, like that game counts towards his average. He threw for like zero yards, I think, but he played. Yeah. And so I think there were some games that Barry played in, like as a freshman, that he like didn't do much or whatever. Mm, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So my other one is. Uh, how many guys have averaged? Oh gosh, I can't. I gotta find this now. This is great radio. How many guys have averaged uh, over twenty yards per reception in a single season? So Tylen's at twenty-seven yards a reception right now, which is <laughs> which is a hilarious number. But how many guys have averaged over twenty yards per reception in a single season? I don't think it's high. In fact, I think it's only James Washington. Okay, that's a great guess. James Washington is one of the, the two. He did it twice. Who do you think the other one is? Um, for a whole season. Yeah. Uh, Bowman? Uh, he's number five on the list. Dewan Woods. Whoa. Oh, because number- he didn't get a lot, and when he, <laughs> he- did, he hit a big one. In in two thousand, so James Washington averaged uh, twenty point nine uh, in twenty seventeen, which would, uh, which was on seventy four catches, which is just unbelievable. Dewan Woods in two thousand four, he averaged twenty point nine also on thirty three catches. He had for six hundred <laughs> thirty three catches for six hundred and ninety yards. I think oh they gosh. I think they only threw it like forty seven times that year. Uh, yeah. So he caught thirty of them. Um, <laughs> Those are the games that like Donovan Woods was was had like single digit pass attempts. Yeah, like, the UCLA that game, game at UCLA. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where Vernon Marinci had like forty five carries and Donovan threw it like six times. Yeah, it was uh, Sean Willis. I don't had miss more, that. Don't Sean miss that, Willis had more carries than uh, than Donovan Woods had pass attempts. <laughs> but no, I knew I knew James had to be close to the only one because I remember looking up his career numbers and he, in fact he averaged over 20 yards per catch yeah I remember like he barely averaged 20 and like that was the most in school history so I knew I knew it had to be close to just him yeah he uh Tylen is second on that list in school history by the way so they're gonna probably go down as number one and number two all time in terms of efficiency and in, in their catches um okay let's hear one more time well, if from- he keeps he- if he keeps catching five-yard passes and t- taking them 70, then he'll definitely be on that list because yes, <laughs> he keeps yes. doing that every week. No kidding. Uh, making Spencer Sanders look good. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and we'll come back with one interesting thing and wrap this thing up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. 
Okay, Carson, what do you got for one interesting thing? Um, you go first. Okay, so my one interesting thing is uh, it's kind of a negative. Uh, Corey Uh-oh. Evans, who is a uh, who's an analyst for uh, let's see here. No, not Corey Evans. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Evan Daniels, right? Yeah. Evan Daniels, who's an analyst for Corey Evans is an analyst for rivals. Evan Daniels is an analyst for he's actually a colleague. Uh, he's an analyst for two, four, seven. He recently changed his, uh, prediction for Cade Cunningham to a question mark. It was, uh, Oklahoma state for a long time for several months and, uh, following Cade Cunningham's visit to Stillwater, he has changed it to uh, unknown. He's the only person on the 247 list who's unknown. Everybody else is still predicting that Cade Cunningham will go to Oklahoma State, but uh, I really value what Evan Daniels says. I think he's really smart. I think he knows a ton of stuff, and that is not an encouraging thing to me. No. I mean, why would that change after the visit? That's strange. I, I don't know. And Gary Parrish wrote something today, another colleague, about how – a lot's up in the air right now, and if OSU whiffs on this in terms of hiring Cade Cunningham's brother, Kanan, that uh, that's not a great look. And it just ca- it it came out as we were taping this, so I, I haven't read it yet. I don't read it, but uh, I'm I'm intrigued to go and and see what he said about that. Interesting. So uh, yeah, I, I saw him in the Curse of Cowboys deal on his visit. I thought things were going well, so that's um, that's a little discouraging, but. To me, this this seems like it's going to go up and down several more times before he makes an actual decision. So I'm not going yeah, to get too lost in it. Uh, my one interesting thing is, do you know who's sixth all-time in catches for Oklahoma State? Uh, I'll go Josh Stewart. It is Jalen McCluskey. Wow. He's sixth all-time. And I remember when he transferred, I just kind of did the numbers. Like, he was on pace to be in like the top five of like almost not every category because certainly he was behind on touchdowns but like he was trending on the all-time record books yeah um he is not he has not done much no they haven't and it's just and look i know he went to go play with his dad who's a coach at at uh, tulane but it appears he made a big mistake transferring because he's not getting the ball i think he had one catch for like five yards in the first game uh, I'm gonna have to look up his numbers, but he has not been that involved in their passing game, and they don't they don't pass a lot. Yeah. But I just he really would have helped this team. He has two catches for seven yards so far. It's not that good. to me does not sound fun. And and look, there's obviously a familial deal going on here to play. I'm sure he loves playing for his dad. I I don't deny that. But man, just football wise, I mean, he would have been a, a key piece in this offense and he would have got the ball a lot. So I just, that remains kind of a, just a strange, strange occurrence and decision. But, um, that, that was my one interesting thing is that he's had two catches for seven yards and he was yeah. one of the best receivers in school history. I know, at LSU. It, it is strange. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I feel like Oklahoma state has, has filled that spot and, and, uh, sure. Ob- obviously moved on. Uh, nicely. Uh, what do you what do you got going on this weekend? I will be in Tulsa at Chapman Stadium for OSU okay. against Tulsa. Um, uh, last time I was there is when OU played there, and I think OU had more fans. So I'm interested to see what the split is between 
the orange and the blue fans there in Tulsa. So it'll be it'll be a fun game. Will you be Will you be handing out the PB and Js if there's another uh, lightning delay? <laughs> I would probably head home and watch the game on TV. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be there till four in the morning. I'm excited about a 2:30 kick. We're getting progressively more into my uh, bedtime range. Like we went from 9:30, which was just I, I told I told somebody I wrote the 10 thoughts after that 9:30 game, and and people were like, oh, you know, that was, that was I enjoyed it or that was good or whatever. And I was like, I don't even know what I wrote. Like I was like not even awake. So I I hope it was good. Like I did that in a in a borderline coma. Uh, and then we go to the six with McNeese, which was a little better getting bed by midnight. And now we're, now we're good. We're two 30. I'm, I'm excited about the two 30 start. I like the two 30 kick and God, that McNeese game felt like an eternity. That fourth oh quarter gosh. was just like an out of body experience. <laughs> they still should, going on. They should have a running clock. How's that yeah. not a thing? How just, yeah. I, McNeese is already cashing the check. So just yeah. run the clock. <laughs> the, the, the check is cleared. We're good. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Uh, okay, Carson. Good stuff, man. Uh, always enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, we will be back uh, later on, I guess, beginning of next week, recapping Tulsa and getting ready for Oklahoma State, Texas. Sounds good. Talk to you then. See ya.